Redefining narratives and shifting perspectives. This is Story Noir. Welcome to chapter 12 of the Story Noir podcast. I'm your host, Opal, and I'll be facilitating a conversation with a new friend of mine, Greatness. He's an artist and rapper from Richmond, California, who I recently met. Greatness got into making music at the age of nine, starting by playing the saxophone and then writing and recording around the age of 14 and taking music more seriously at the age of 19 and hasn't looked back. He recently performed at Zellerbach Hall at UC Berkeley at the Sounds Underground Showcase, which I'll get into a little bit more in the conversation, but I'm super excited to be having this full circle moment. So without further ado, Greatness, thanks for coming through to the Story Noir podcast. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, of course. Well, tell me um, all about growing up in Richmond, California. Um, I myself am from El Cerrito, so not quite Richmond, but um, it's good to, you know, have somebody from the 510. So were you born in Richmond? Born in Oakland, but I was raised in Richmond my whole life. For sure. Which part of Richmond? Where'd you go to elementary school, middle school, all the places? Yeah, so like like South Richmond, just on the on the border of El Cerrito too. So I went to school in El Cerrito. Okay. Did you go to El Cerrito High? No, nah, I went to Salesian. Okay. Oh, Salesian. Okay. We all know about Salesian. That's what's up. And then um I know that you ended up going to Sacramento State. Did you go to JC before or did you go straight to from high school to um college? No, nah, I went. I had a I had a long journey. Uh, I went to SF City out of high school because okay. I was football. Uh, I was there for like three years, and then I moved to Arizona for a year. Um, and then came back, went to DVC, went to Sac State. Um, got kicked out of Sac State for a second, and then went to Sac City. Got back into Sac State, and then I graduated. So it was a That's long. So- no hey we we love the journey I myself also went to a community college and so I know what that journey is like and so when you were in school were you also pursuing music as well or was it after you graduated that you started to take it more seriously uh yeah I was I've been doing it seriously I would say around like 19 when I first recorded my um first project Mm -hmm. so after then I I've just been going doing it all myself pretty much yeah what is that process like like how did you get your stage name of greatness uh it came when I was in uh I want to say sophomore year or junior year of high school um I saw people like writing like quotes and stuff on their shoes when I played basketball Uh, and then I just wrote greatness the regular spelling of greatness and then my junior year, I was number eight in football, so I just added that into it too, uh, and then that's just how I came about it. It was it was just a goal of mine. It wasn't really a name, uh, and it still is. I, I like to say I go by greatness uh, instead of I, I am greatness. Okay, I you know semantics definitely important. And yeah. so, do you have with your stage name as being greatness? Um, do you have like a tagline or anything that goes with it, like greatness? You know, the best of the best or anything like that? Um, not really. Sometimes I say like forever greatness. Okay. Greatness forever, but uh, nah, not really. Okay. I mean, we got we got to get you a tagline. We got to get you you know a logo. Got to get you some merch. 
And so with your music making journey, because you started at such a young age, take me kind of through that, how you started from playing the saxophone and now to doing um, different kind of music. Uh-huh. So uh, I get a lot of my musical influence from my like family because I, I, I have an uncle. He plays like all instruments. Um, and so I was really heavily influenced by the, the guitar. That's my favorite instrument. But mm. um, when I was in the fourth grade, I was taking music classes, playing the saxophone. And I played that from like fourth to eighth grade. Um, and then I would say my what freshman year, eighth grade or freshman year, I can't remember, but I was in one of my classes and they wanted us to do like poetry. And so um, that's how I became and fell in love with writing. Uh, like I love poetry and then music, it just switched over to, to rapping and writing R&B and stuff like that. So okay. that's how it started back then what did you base your poems off of was it more like personal stuff growing pains what, what was kind of the theme of um what you got your inspiration from um so one I can remember we had to write like it was like 10 poems like book mm-hmm. um and I kind of did like a remix to I Need Love by LL Cool J that's the first time I ever said that to anybody I don't think anybody knows that okay but, um, I kind of write my wrote my own version to that, um, like soft R and B rap type vibe. So that's that's kind of how some a lot of my music is today too. So. Yeah, inspired by the people that you said were um, musical musically inclined in your family. And so, what kind of music did your family play, and did you ever get to um, collaborate with them? Uh, it was only my uncle, but I've I've, I've only seen him play a couple times. I just knew he made like played instruments and stuff mm-hmm. and I found him a few times but I never really had the chance to collaborate with him or anything I don't he doesn't really play too much and he lives in Florida now but okay um everybody else like nobody else in my family does music okay so you're kind of leading the charge you know being that inspiration and so that's really cool and so with music and mental health, because those are things that, you know, we often talk about. It could be a theme that's within, you know, poetry, music, all of the like. How have music and mental health kind of intersected for you on your journey? Uh, it was a big part because uh, my senior year of high school, I got hurt. My first game of football um, tore like six ligaments in my knee. And that was around the time where I was starting to pick up doing music more, taking it more seriously. Um, so it kind of just helped me through that path. Cause I was, I was in a wheelchair, like crutches. Yeah. Oh, wow. Bad. Like Jimmy from uh, Degrassi in a yeah. wheelchair. Dang. <laughs> yeah. So um, around that time is when like, I really started to like, I mean, it was either, it was either that or like, be sad all the time or something like that so I'm like all right let me just start writing start getting into it and it it definitely helped me even even today we all have problems you know what I mean so I feel like everybody needs like an outlet and this is my outlet is my therapy session yeah absolutely and I think it's exciting because you with using mental health and your music together you can also do things like create um visual things you know such as music videos and whatnot and so I was watching some of your videos and I saw you know the Richmond California sign and things like that so how do you incorporate 
your childhood experiences in your music, both visually and lyrically? Uh, so that was actually the street I grew up on. Okay. Yeah. Um, I used to live there till I was like, I want to say freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of, I kind of do like research and like actually think about what I want to write about, uh, mm-hmm. when I rap and stuff, I can't just like go up and say anything. I feel like it's, it does a disservice to myself and people listening. Like if I'm not really spitting like facts. So, uh, I try to keep that in my, all my music, like say something that's real, that can go over well, that can, people can relate to. Um, no, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and so even when writing your lyrics, do you also envision what the music video would look like, and maybe put you know sprinkle it all together in one? Yeah, so so that one it's not a, a official music video; it's just a performance one. But I have like a uh, to answer your question, yes, I think of for every song I have an idea of a, a video. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're uh, they're grandiose ideas that are I'm not able to do is like it would cost a lot of money to be able to do the idea mm-hmm. so I just I gotta kind of compress them and down mm-hmm. be able to fit but yeah I, I think of videos for every song that I've done yeah because what does it take to get together like a shoot because I I'm just wondering for myself and maybe for listeners who want to consider you know video making and being like an independent artist like really what what does it take because it seems you know it's it's not easy so what would you say you know a to z you would recommend um it really depends because me personally I like to do like a a freestyle kind of video like I have a concept in my head and then I just go with it I know a lot of people like step-by-step process that's not really how I work because I have a, I have a few videos or like storyline that have just pretty much all acting. I'm not rapping in any of them. I'm, there's some of them I'm just barely in. I make a cameo. Okay. And I want people to follow the story and have the music as the background too. So I kind of like doing a little bit of each style, but it's, it's kind of hard because there's a lot of planning that has to go into you got to get a videographer if you want yeah actresses or models and you got to book them uh if you want like a house or a car you got to rent that yeah so how do you get all that together do you just call friends and be like hey this is my idea and you know i need i need some people or you know what has been your experience um my experience is like uh it's it's been different. Like yeah, I'll, I'll hit some people up and be like, "Yo, uh, I got an idea for this. I'll run it by people first, um, and then I'll see if I can get these certain people if I need them. Uh, and then, like, if I need a car or something, I'll see if I can get a car on that date or whatever, and just go go in that direction. But I think you got to get the videographer on board first. Mm-hmm. To really help you execute that vision, it makes it like, seems that's like the most important piece because if you don't have a videographer, you don't have a video. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And so, with that storytelling piece, you know, really showcasing again talking about Richmond, California. If you were to shoot a video at, say, your favorite restaurant in Richmond, which one would you do? 
I'm curious. Ooh. Damn, that's a great question. Uh man, I don't know. I have no idea. I'll I'll help you build it down. Okay. So if you were to get like burger and fries, where would you go with your friends in Richmond? Well, I used to go, we used to always go to uh, In N Out in Pano. Okay. okay. So probably there. Okay. What about Red Onion? We gotta keep it local. Red Onion was cool, yeah. Uh in Pano. That was that was the side or in El Cerrito too. Yeah. Uh, Which one is better? That's the real that's the real question. Panola El Cerrito. Probably El Cerrito. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree. Okay, what about the best tacos or burritos in Richmond? Oh, now that's a that's a big debate right there. That's controversial, but I'm curious. Very controversial. Uh, we used to go to the spot twenty third. We used to call it three fifty because they had the three fifty super burritos, but um, I think it's called Tapatio. But twenty uh, first and McDonald, they got Jalisco. Okay. Yeah. I, I think the one that I'm thinking about in Richmond on 23rd is the one that has like the taco truck in front of it, like in that's built into the building. Yeah, that's that's the spot. Is that the one that you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because we used to go there um all the time after school when I was at Contra Costa. So I, I know I know which one you're talking about. The 350. Dang, that that is a good memory. Okay, and then one more question. Um if you were to go to a waterfront in Richmond, where where would be the best place for a view? To just like kick back with your friends, you know, watch the view, do your thing. Uh man, that I don't know. I didn't really go over there that much, to be oh. honest. Okay. Well, where where in the general East Bay? Where where was you kicking it? Where uh, was you taking your friends? <laughs> I got a spot. Where's the spot? The, the, um Emeryville. Okay. Yeah, to what's it called? Um, with the movie theater over there. Oh, by Bay Street. Bay Street, yeah. Okay. Bay Street. A that lot. used to be the kicking spot, and not so much anymore, unfortunately. Not, not but um, okay, good to know. Because yeah, as East Bay people, I'm always curious to kind of you know see see where people's trap spots were. And so, um, another question that I was curious about is um, music and spirituality and ways that you, you know, use your higher vibration self to to channel your music. What are some practices and ways that um, spirituality influences your sound? Um, I kind of, so, so my music is more so like, I like to keep it positive. Um just keep it keep it real like be put just put myself into it you know what i mean so i think uh, the good energy that i that i feel that or not even just good energies energy in in general um that i get around me that has a lot of influence on my uh music 100 percent. how do you set up like your studio space do you have like incense in it or what what would be like the ultimate best if i were to be like hey make the best single of your career huh. how do you want your studio space to be set up what would that look like truthfully i only go to the studio to record i write most of my music in my car okay like uh i just play a beat while i'm driving and then i just write in my head and then write it down when i get to a spot but um in the studio it's it could be anything to be honest 
as long as it's got a microphone and somebody that knows what they're doing on the engineer boards. Okay, <laughs> so you you know keep it simple, minimalist yeah, kind of I'm, thing. I'm very simple when it comes to the studio. And so when writing your music, I can only imagine like your iPhone notes section or like your voice notes recording, how many you must have to scroll through when those ideas come up. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm literally writing all the time. Like there's there's times where I like woke up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. write something down or I'm in the shower. Mm-hmm. Like there's it, it'd be hard for me to focus on certain things sometimes because then I'll get an idea like mm-hmm. Something will inspire me in the randomest moments. Okay. And so what's been a highlight from the past year with your growth as an artist? Um, again, as you as you know, you performed at Zellerbach Hall, but what are some other kind of career highlights that you've had? And that what what are you looking forward to going forward? Uh in the past year, I I was able to put my show back on. Uh I used to throw a show. I started in uh Oakland. Uh, I had a show called For the Creatives. Oh, what's that about? Tell me more. Yeah, so it's, I came up with the idea a few years, like five, six years ago. Um, and it was pretty much that trying to get a get on these lineups of shows, like you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to pay a ridiculous amount of money to perform. You would get like that much time to perform. And you really wouldn't leave with, anything afterwards like as far as like you wouldn't really get any fans you wouldn't get any promotion publicity nothing like that uh because those type of shows is just for the promoter to get money um and then the people who are coming to those shows really only want to see the headliner that they're not tripping off of whoever's coming first so it's just really a money scheme money grab at that point or at least i felt like it so um, I kind of wanted to create my own show for like artists, for all types of artists, because I was having uh, I was booking all the artists like to perform and stuff. I was booking the DJs, booking the venue. Um, and then I would have vendors like along the outskirts of the, the venue, um, like selling clothes, merch, art everything that you could think of you know what i mean all into one just bring all the creatives into one spot where everybody can win off of each other you know what i mean well we all artists we all creatives in some form or fashion so i just want to bring everybody into one building and then form a like a, a collective you know what i mean okay and so is that what you're doing currently as you revamp it uh yeah so that that's where i started i did I did one in the first one in Oakland. I did two in Berkeley, and then I did one in Sacramento in 2019, right before the pan, like the summer 2019. Um, and I was gonna do one in December, but at that time I was finishing up at Sac State. Mm-hmm. Kind of postponed it. I was graduating graduating over there. Okay. Kind of postponed it, and I was gonna do another one in the next following summer, but that's when the pandemic hit. Yeah. And so that like stopped everything um, as far as me doing the show. And then it took a while for me to like want to do it after. Like mm-hmm. kind of discouraged on. I, I kind of want to just be an artist. Yeah. Because those shows took a lot. Like I was literally doing everything. I was going to say it sounded like you were wearing all the hats, like vendor management and making sure the stage was ready and artists were where they needed to be. 
So it yeah. seems exhausting. A lot and have to perform at the same time. It's a lot. Oh, you still had to perform too. So that I don't I would lose my mind. Yeah, I was it was a very, very stressful moment. Uh time, but it, I felt it was worth it because I like I like doing all that stuff. Okay. Separate times. Well, exciting. Well, I'm curious since you're ta- so tapped into the community and it seems you have, you know, a great group of folks that support you. Who are some other Bay Area artists that um you would want to highlight? Um so my homie, uh, Yay Moody, he's on the rise right now. He's, he's uh, I think, based out of Oakland. Okay. Uh, my homie, uh, OG Davey, uh, that's the big homie right there. He's been doing, we did, we have a song a couple years ago. We did um, the crew, that, those are my homies that I grew up with, uh, Campaign for the Public and Deb Deasy, they're doing their thing. Um and my producers uh, from the Bay, too, MJB Settle, It's Only Till. Okay. Uh, those are the ones who made my entire last project. Um, and there's a there's a few others out there that I rock with, but um, there's a lot of artists, too. Like my brother, uh, he goes by Shorter Design. He does, like, everything. That's that's one of the most creative people in my family. Him and my mom are like the two most creative people in my family. What does he create? Um, he anything you can think of. He does drawing, painting. He's making jewelry right now, tattoos, uh graphic design, videography, um he designs uh like furniture, like literally everything. Okay. Greatness does run in the family. That's what's up. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a lot of people. And I know it's people I'm missing. They'll probably get mad at me, but oh well. No, that's okay. And so uh because we talked a little bit about, you know, spirituality and manifestation, if you could manifest, you know, any venue to book, what would that look like? To be honest, I would I would double back on uh Zellerback Hall. Okay. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, um if it's still open, uh, Oracle. Oh yeah, the Oracle Arena. That that's a dream, a dream uh, venue. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, um, do you have any questions for me as we kind of wrap up? Yeah. So as far as like art, like how mm-hmm. are you involved besides the podcast? If you are, yeah. No, um, writing is really exciting for me. So. Um, I like to write a lot of fiction. I write a lot about my own life, but to me, when thinking about like the um the nonfiction, more biographical stuff, that's less artsy, more like, you know, self-reflective. But with regards to art, yeah, I write, you know, little fiction stories, short stories. Um, I also really like photography as well. Um, and so that's yeah, photography and writing, I would say are the two main um main expressions of art. Okay, that's dope. So, and how long have you been doing that? Um, more recently, lately. So I would say, like in the last two years, um, I worked. I had a. I, I guess you could say I still have, but I had a corporate career for like six years, and so I put all of those art things to the side. I really thought, like, oh, I was gonna climb the corporate ladder and be this like VP, you know, director, whatever the case was, and so um, I just didn't really give myself time to explore art and, you know, 
holistic nature spiritual stuff like I do today so I think it's it's much more uh relevant than it was in the last couple of years yeah so that's yeah all I get to meet cool people you know having this podcast has provided that opportunity to you know meet people from different walks of life so I'm really grateful for that um as well yeah so would you say it's like more rewarding oh 100 percent oh hands down one of the best things for sure and I think with you know the lockdown and shutting down and being at home I think that that was one of the best things to happen not because of the virus but just kind of the after effects of it really thinking about you know what do I want what can I do to um, make my mark on the world besides again climbing the corporate ladder so oh I'm much happier than I was uh back in the day for sure yeah, no, I, I feel you because I feel like uh, what you just said and the pandemic opened people's eyes to a lot of things mm-hmm. and in terms of themselves, like figuring out who they are outside of their normal nine to fives, this yeah. schedule that they've been on, like so much more than that. A hundred percent. I think even with the Sounds Underground Showcase, I don't know if I would have even thought to do something like that if I had been working, you know, full time or in my corporate career. To me, I was even telling Taylor that I would have definitely attended an event like that. I don't know if I would necessarily have hosted something. And so to feel empowered and to create something so beautiful really was like a testament to the fact that I'm definitely in the right place at the right time. So the courage element is really, really beautiful. Um, so the same way that you felt empowered to step on the stage, I know that I I did too as well. So it was really beautiful. Yeah, it's always it's always them moments that that show you that you're on the right path. Hundred percent. So worthy because you so, have them that are discouraging too. So yeah, that's the thing. What what do you do when you have kind of those negative thoughts come in, or what do you do to you know get down the haters? Because sometimes we could even be our own worst enemy. But do you oh, deal with do you deal with naysayers greatness? No, because I don't I don't really listen to people anyway. So that's that's the easy thing for me uh to just not pay attention to. But yeah, I am I'm probably my worst critic because I have to listen to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I have to be my biggest supporter. Uh, exactly. If you don't ride for yourself, why would anybody else? You know what no. I mean? No, uh, that, that's so true. I, I always tell myself um, I've put in so much work already to get to this point. Why would I give up on myself now? That's true. And then there's always those moments to where like, it was one point a few years ago where I'm like, damn, I, I've been doing a lot. This is not really going nowhere, stagnant. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then, I wake or uh, it's, it's one night where I'm in the studio with some homies and we're talking about uh, Vince Stables and he's talking about like sinking opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, I got this commercial. I got this movie deal or whatever to put his music in. Mm-hmm. That same night, I get an email saying they want my song on ESPN. How did that come about? Uh, cause I put my music through United masters and they got these like opportunities where you can just submit. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know what I mean? Just a shot in the dark, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that same night it, they emailed me and said they want my song on ESPN. So 
like I was like, damn, all right. Like same with this opportunity at, at Cal. Like mm-hmm. my homie sent it to me uh and I submitted and I, I ain't gonna lie, I, I kind of forgot that I submitted it. <laughs> and I got the uh the email. I was like, oh damn, that's crazy. Okay. That's that's you know, that's the universe working in your favor. So it's really only up from here. Yeah, it's those it's those moments to where like it tells you like don't stop. A hundred percent please. Like, and I think it's really cool, as you said, you create these community-based events and so you can put all of your passions together. So keep, you know, I'm excited to to stay in touch and on your radar of, of what you have next. So um anything else, you know, for the people to know? Um Actually, speaking of that, I just got my song played in a club uh, for the first time out here. Okay, tell me more about that. Monday, my homie's like, he's been in connection at this club to a DJ. And the DJ, he had me meet the DJ the other day. And I'm thinking the DJ's like putting me off, putting mm-hmm. me off, not playing. He had me send my music, but um, he's like, man, he said he didn't get the files right or whatever, whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, like it is what it is. I've I've heard this story. I've been down this road before. Mm-hmm. Like we'll say things and then do another thing. But then he was in there on Monday and they have like these big screens where they play videos with the music too. Uh, and then he sends me this video and my song's playing in the club. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah, like I'm like, wow, that's that's dope. And I don't even like going to that club either, but uh, <laughs> uh it was just dope that the fact and then people was in there dancing to it like so it was just those little small moments that just mean a lot yeah well I appreciate you you know even coming on this podcast you know small but mighty as I like to say you know I think that there are great things in store for people like you who are patiently waiting and so it doesn't seem like you're rushing to get you know this or that you're like it's gonna happen when, when it happens even passively so I think that that's really really great appreciate that so cool well where can the people support you where can we find you can you spell it out your social handles for for us to support yeah so it's they don't know and it's t-h-e-y don't d-o-n-t and and a-n-t everywhere social media okay um music is everywhere youtube spotify apple music greatness are the number eight t-n-e-s-s uh i know a lot of people like leave out different letters and characters in my name but that's fine i don't i don't mind it uh but yeah music everywhere um that's pretty much it okay well we'll insert a snippet of your um of your latest song as the outro music but um if anything thank you so much for coming on story noir The dog in me, tired of being nice, move. Pardon me, used to seeing snakes, now they don't even bother me. Shorty straight staring like she trying to see the god in me. Baby core, I made her top five. I ain't had her run no game, cause I had her when we locked eyes. It don't run, out of pop fly. And she ran to tell her friends, made a young stop 
rice Take a lot to get me pissed off Only here for one reason, maybe two, then I spin off Give me room to get my shit off I got range like an M4, what you think I'm him for? Back on my job, cause my knife, then I clocked in I ain't clocking out till I copped in I'm headed to the money like it drop in I speak in third person, he don't go in, they can't stop him Watch me